Welcome to Museum Way, the podcast of Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art. We're sharing all the ins and outs of the museum, from the galleries to the trails, the architecture, and more. You'll learn the Museum Way of Crystal Bridges. This month, we're celebrating the museum's seventh anniversary. Since we opened our doors on November the 11th of 2011, we've welcomed over 4 million visitors from around the world to experience the art, architecture, and nature that Crystal Bridges has to offer. On today's episode, we're talking about our museum mission, which is to welcome all. We'll talk with Brittany Johnson, the co-chair of our museum's IDEA Committee, which addresses inclusion, diversity, equity, and access. Then we'll talk with Rachel Tucker, senior content specialist and producer of Museum Way, to share how we reach visitors across our social media channels and other outreach options. So let's jump into this episode of Museum Way. We're here with Brittany Johnson, our e-communications coordinator and co-chair of the museum's IDEA Committee. Welcome, Brittany. Hi. It's great to have you. Thank you. So we're going to get to the uh, the IDEA Committee uh, bit in a minute. But first of all, can you tell us a little bit about what your role as e-communications coordinator is with the museum? Sure. So in my role, I'm a part of the communications team at the museum, and I work specifically in PR, and that's with a team of a smaller team of maybe four or five other people. So in e-communications, I handle all of our email marketing, and I work with our database called Tessatura, which handles memberships, it handles ticket sales, it handles any kind of guest or um, visitor experience or interaction, I have access to a lot lot of um, that information that I pull and I use to make decisions about who we email and when we email them and how and how frequently and um, keep track of their their preferences so that we're not um, reaching out to them too frequently or too infrequently. Right. So if somebody has a particular interest in a, in a program, say, like Art Infusion, or maybe they just want to know about the preschool playdates or some of the family programming, you can actually filter the emails that, that are sent out by those kinds of preferences, right? Exactly. Exactly. And sometimes people will say, I want information about both of those things. And we have to make the tough decision to say, well, do we email them three or four times about an art infusion event or preschool play date or um, a performance or anything going on at the museum? Or how do we package the information so that it's exactly what a person wants and exactly when they want it or when it's necessary for them to get it to make a decision to come out to the museum or renew a membership or um, or just kind of continue to be engaged with the museum as a whole. All right. Well, that sounds like a lot to do, and you probably (laughs) play with a lot of data. I do. Um, But what we're going to talk about today primarily is your role as the co-chair of the museum's idea committee. And of course, um, why don't don't we start by you telling us what that idea uh, stands for? Sure. So idea is the acronym that we use in the museum. It's frequently referred to as diversity inclusion or DNI, but IDEA stands for Inclusion, Diversity, Equity, and Access. And each of those four 
kind of pillars are what the idea committee is working on in in terms of internal staff relations in terms of hiring practices and just in terms of making the museum a um, a great place to work right so let's talk a little bit. I should, in all fairness, mention that I'm the other co-chair <laughs> of the IDEA Committee uh, and that we work together um, quite a lot on these initiatives. But why don't you talk a little bit about how this committee got started? Sure. So um, maybe a year or two ago, there was this um, this board initiative that we, as a museum, really commit to um, – becoming a more diverse and uh, equitable institution. And so it was handed down from the board to our executive director, uh, Rod, who also now is not just the executive director, but also the chief diversity and inclusion officer. It's a mouthful. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And so basically from that, um, two people, Raven Cook and Alyssa Wilson were um, nominated or kind of, I don't want to say tasked, but they were nominated with this idea to create a committee that would involve staff members from all across the museum, um, from communications and exhibitions and protection services, just from all across the board who would really come together and meet and work on issues surrounding inclusion, diversity, equity, and access. And so... With that, it's been maybe it's been almost two years, I think, that they've that we've, I should say, been really working to get the ball rolling, and we've made some progress that I'm really proud of, and we aren't slowing down. So, super exciting. Yeah, it's. Uh, I was a part of the original committee, and I think you came in pretty much six months after it started. So you've been with the committee for over a year now. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that uh, uh, why don't you talk a little bit about what we try to do or what our role is in relation to Rod Bigelow, our executive director and the chief diversity and inclusion officer? Us as co-chairs or the committee? Uh, All of it. Okay. We as a team come together and we bring each of our diverse kind of perspectives about what's going on in the museum and what we need. And we will... We meet twice a month. Um, Sometimes we have very specific things that we need to talk about, and sometimes it's a little bit more general, a little bit more broad. Um, And then we get the ball rolling on different initiatives, um, and we report back to Rod, who can kind of give us the support from the leadership perspective, who can help us um, obtain assets that we might not have individually, and really just kind of keep him in the loop in terms of what we're doing, the work that we're doing, the roadblocks that we're facing, or the progress that we're making. So a really great example of that, I think, would be uh, last summer, the IDEA committee kind of spearheaded with the help of our um, our Rainbow Bridges, our resource group for LGBTQIA staff members, Um, decided to participate in the Pride Parade, and um, they kind of organized it on their own, but Rod was looped in and made aware of the things that the committee needed, support that they needed, um, people that they needed access to potentially, and the resources. Um, We were able to have, I think, flowers and cards that were, were they donated? Yes, we had donations, Mm -hmm. yeah. 
Um, we had a banner created, all of these little things that made it a really great experience, um, especially for it being our first time. And so now next summer, we know what we can work with and how we want to take it bigger and better. And so little things like that, that he's really instrumental in um, helping us move forward. But then also he can kind of, um, we're, we're all, it's constant flow of information. So he's helping us to um, create policy and strategy and um, we have some mandates or some things that, I don't want to say mandates, but some things that he really wants to see in the near future that we're taking into consideration as well. Right. So it's interesting. Um, <clears throat> one of the reasons that this committee is formed of employees and it's employees from across the, the museum at different levels um, of leadership, I guess you could say. Um, and part of that was he was wanting um, a lot of he was wanting to understand what the staff needs mm -hmm. in terms of diversity and inclusion and let us sort of help to um, advise the leadership team as to, you know, what are some of the more important fundamentals. One of the first things that we advocated for was um, a professional outside directed mm -hmm. uh, cultural assessment of our organization that we could survey the whole staff and uh, get a bit of a measurement, if you will, of where we were at. Can you talk a little bit about that um, assessment that was done earlier this year? Sure. So we brought in um, Cranford Associates, who are based in the D.C. area, and they did at different levels. They conducted a survey of all staff, focus groups with some, with some key members of staff, and then they um, did some kind of observation on their own, and they gave us this really tight, really um, succinct report that has everything that they observed, things that they heard, and some kind of suggestions for how we move forward as a staff. That was done maybe in June, or June or July, I think. And uh, then they came back after the initial reporting had been done, and they did a series of trainings for the IDEA committee, but also for leadership. So over the course of two days, um, the IDEA committee really kind of hunkered down and talked about what the what the results of the survey found, what the results of the focus groups were, and then um, what the committee felt, not the committee, I'm sorry, what the what the consultants felt really uh, were important in order for Crystal Bridges to just move forward in this in this work. Right. And one of the things that I found uh, pretty striking about that is that we have uh, we have begun in instituting some of those um, suggestions and changes um, slowly, but certainly um, furtively, I would say. So another thing that the uh, IDEA Committee does that I think is really um, exciting is that we've formed what are called resource groups. Um, these are groups of like-minded or like-identified people in the museum um, that are oftentimes um, understood as minority communities um, or those on the edge or fringes of the dominant culture. So we have uh, several, and certainly some of them are, um, you know, very specific in, uh, in, their, in their interest and in their, um, the experiences they face. Can you tell us a little bit about the groups that we have formed there? Sure. So we have several groups, like you mentioned, that are in various stages of forming. Our oldest or most seniored resource group is SOMOS. And they are a Latinx or Latinx, whichever you prefer, uh, resource group that works specifically on um, on Hispanic 
um, staff issues, whatever they might be. They meet once a month to kind of talk through things and get together. They formed right after, kind of informally at first, right after our Border, Border Cantos exhibition. And um, so they've been they've been around for a while and they're doing some really great stuff and they have kind of served as a really good source of in- inspiration for some of the newer resource groups that are forming. We have Rainbow Bridges, which is an LGBTQIA resource group. Um, and that group actually uh, is one that I'm personally a part of and uh, was formed uh, largely to organize the Pride Parade events last year. We have um, a veterans resource group, a resource group for staff members who are 55 and up. We have a Native American resource group, which also formed very, very recently, kind of in response or in the lead up to our current exhibition, Art for New Understanding. And... um, we are. I'm actually in the process of trying to really nail down our African American resource group and um, organize us in a way that makes sense. Um, and so, as you can probably tell, a lot of these groups form as a result of some action taking place inside the museum, which is great. Um, all of the resource groups are organic. They Anyone can form a resource group wherever they see a need. There's no cap or there's no limit. Anybody who has an idea is more than welcome to shout it out, and IDEA will support them and give them the assistance that they, that they need. Right, and another big part of the resource groups is to f- uh, function as an educational resource for the staff. So, for example, our um, indigenous uh, group uh, that you mentioned a minute ago uh, did a series of panels that were for the staff and volunteers where uh, they there were five members that sat um, and talked about a lot of uh, issues that are important to their communities, their nations, their tribes, um, as well as um, give a little context for um, where a lot of the artists that are featured in the exhibition are coming from and responding to. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I love about it is that each one of those sessions, we had four of them, they were packed to the gills with people um, from our staff and our volunteers. So um, there is a real thirst and a real interest in learning more about idea mm-hmm. um, topics. And so that's something that we're going to be doing for as we move forward. Yeah. What are some other things um, that are coming next for the idea committee? So we are, for one, um, we, just to piggyback on what you said, we are really looking forward to opportunities to um, connect with staff more frequently. The panel was a great, um, a great kind of example of staff engagement and this kind of desire to do more and connect more and have opportunities to just learn about one another. Um, we've done a little bit of kind of like informal polling about who went and what they learned and how they enjoyed it. And everyone who responded at least said that they really appreciated the opportunity to get to know their staff members, especially people who they might not work so closely with on a daily basis. So definitely excited about that. Um we are always looking forward to or always looking for opportunities to serve our community and to build those bridges between the museum and the community in which we live and work. And that isn't just Bentonville, but definitely um, 
definitely all of Northwest Arkansas. And as the museum continues to kind of push boundaries um, and look for opportunities to reach the public um, outside of the area, um, we kind of, in, in the communications team, we kind of look at a, a wide radius for, as far as Dallas to maybe St. Louis, Um so really we really regional. want – it's truly a regional effort and we want to be sure to in, include those communities of people. Um, a great example, again, is the panels um, and this exhibition in particular and how we um, are kind of keeping our, our neighbors in Oklahoma, um, the Native American communities there at the forefront and just keeping them in mind whenever we do things um, – we have completed a strategic plan. Uh, that was something that was actually suggested uh, through the Can- Cranford study, and we are done with that, and we're really excited about it. And it has some very specific language about things that we want to accomplish by the end of 2019. So we're looking forward to putting some of those things into into practice. A lot of them are what I just mentioned, but um, we do have some some big goals that we want to that we want to tackle. All right. Okay, Brittany, who all is on the committee? Who, so, who comprises it, I guess you should say? So um, we started with a very kind of formal structure where we tried to have um, at least one representative from every team. And they had these terms and they had um, they had kind of like a time limit for rotation. And then we realized that people who were really interested in this could be from anywhere and could serve at any time. Um, one of the things about being on the idea committee is that it is kind of, um, it's a, it's an additional project in terms of the work that you're doing. And so we have committee members who, um, will attend meetings very frequently. And then when they have a work project come up, they can't come for a couple meetings. And that's fine. We understand that. And so we decided that the best thing to do would be to open it up to anyone who was interested so that everyone could feel free to participate. Everyone could learn from one another. Everyone could be a part of shaping this committee because at the end of the day, we do want it to be a resource for staff. And in order to do that, we need to have participation from everyone who wants to wants to provide input. Right. And, and and actually, this idea of diversity and inclusion in the museum field has been very uh, important and very hot. Mm-hmm. That's a huge topic um, uh, nationwide, uh, if not globally. Um, and, you know, I, I think part of what uh, Rod's vision is for uh, the committee and for Crystal Bridges is to try to be a leader uh, in this work. Um, and so the way that we begin being a more inclusive museum to our visitors the way that we begin to welcome all, as it were, mm-hmm. um, is to uh, internally reflect the communities that we're serving. And so um, the hiring, uh, there have been some um, policies put in place in terms of uh, trying to recruit more di- diverse staff members from a variety of, um, of places um, at all levels. And so um, that would be one uh, kind of visible sign of trying to um, increase these issues of uh, diversity and inclusion. Yeah. Well, Brittany Johnson, it has been a pleasure talking with you today on Museum Way. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Well, come back again and give us an update next year on where, where we've headed. Awesome. Tis the season of giving, and we hope this holiday season you'll give the gift of membership. 
Members enjoy free admission to temporary exhibitions, discounts on programs, and much more, all while becoming part of a vibrant community supporting the region's leading cultural institution. Share your museum with the ones you love. More info at crystalbridges.org. We're here with Senior Content Specialist Rachel Tucker. Rachel, thanks for being here. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here. Well, it's funny because you're actually here every time we do this. You actually are the producer of Museum Way. I am. So it's it's exciting to be on the other side here. Yeah, a little strange, huh? Yeah, it is. It's yeah. very strange, but exciting. <laughs> I'm usually in the background calling like cut or edit or things like that. That's so right. And you literally do cut and edit yes. this, this <laughs> podcast uh, when we're done. Well, uh, let's talk about your role. So this this term or title, Senior Content Specialist. What does that mean? What, what do you do? Yeah, so I am on our communications team and more specifically on our public relations team. So I work with Brittany, who is just on the podcast, on the, the segment before us. So what I do is really look at all of our channels and all of the content that we're putting out across our channels, um, specifically digital channels, um, and see how we can be strategic about that, how we can share this message of welcoming all and um, that art is for everyone and um, the community engagement with the museum and how we can share that across channels in a way that, that reaches the most people and reaches the people that we want to reach. So. Specifically, I work on all of our social media channels, so I oversee all of those. So, I was going to ask you, what do you mean by channels? Is yeah, that like channels. MTV so, or, platforms, channels. People call them different things. So, um, the ones I work on are all of our social media platforms. So, anytime you see a Facebook post or an Instagram post, that's that's coming through me. Um, I also oversee our blog channel. So, um, our blog that's that's on our website. Um, I oversee all the posting for that. Um, getting people together to write posts, making sure it looks cohesive. Um, and then I also oversee this podcast, like we just talked about. So working really closely with you to get um, the themes for the month and what we're going to talk about and the people that we're going to have on and doing run-throughs and writing scripts and things like that. Um, and I also work really closely with our videographer. And so we do... Tiago. Um, yeah, Tiago. He's great. And we work closely on videos that we're going to create, um, editing those, where we should share them. Um, and so it's, it's a lot of sharing and just making sure we're being strategic and that we're reaching as many people as we can in the best way possible. So handling all the social media channels, wow, that is a job because it seems like they're changing all the time. Oh, they are. And yeah. that different, like there are new apps that come up where there are, uh, you know, there will be audiences that shift like, oh, I'm done with Facebook. I'm just doing Instagram or blah, blah, blah. How do you track all of that? Or how do you think about all of that strategically? Yeah, that's a great question. And the thing about social media that I find really interesting and um, it's an exciting part of the job is the changing all the time and the spontaneity of it. And people, everyone is on social media. Everyone does their own personal social media. So, you know, a lot of times when you say, oh, I work in social media, it's like, oh, you're tweeting all day or just run down and take a picture and post it. And um, and it is, I, I am tweeting all day, but um, it's also a very strategic, um, it's a marketing job and a marketing channel. And so we have a lot of insights and statistics on who is following us. I, I know the age groups that are following us on Facebook and mm. the age groups that are following us on Instagram and what time they're on. So I know like 9 p.m. is a top Instagram time for us. And um, we do big reports where we track all of those numbers and, and who's following us. And so um, it's it's exciting 
to really be the voice of Crystal Bridges in our team and, and forming that voice and thinking about how we want it to, to sound and the messages we want to come across. So we have a little bit of a different voice for each channel. But overall, we want to have a voice of, you know, our mission is to welcome all. So we want to be welcoming. We want to be fun. We want to be engaging. Um, we have to be educational, but we want to have that and do that in a way that is for people everyone can understand we don't want to be so a lot of our voice is defined by who we're not so we're not critical we're not condescending we're not um difficult to understand in that sense that i think a lot of people think an art museum or an institutional um a cultural institution might be uh just a little too difficult or using these really big terms and and that makes people feel like this place isn't for them if they can't understand it. So our voice really wants to be welcoming and engaging and incorporate the community and let people know that this is this is your museum and they have a say and they have a perspective and a voice. And so we share a lot of guest photos. We share a lot of guest interaction. And um, it's a really fun and exciting way to bring people into the museum. Yeah. And I would say that you, you also, um, in doing so, like we explore a little bit um, of different languages. So Spanish language, Marshallese, we've been actually um, experimenting with um, incorporating those to help um, reach out and welcome those communities um, that may not have um, participated as much in the past due to language barrier or what have you. Mm-hmm. And that's something we're always keeping in mind. How can we be the most accessible to to all of these different groups and and different languages and should we create a Facebook event that's all in Spanish if it's a a Spanish language program and um, we have program guides that go out for for each program that we have that are in multiple languages and and how can we create that content and 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 like we said earlier to to reach the people that we need to reach and to to make ourselves accessible so I'm sure that (laughs) I'm just sitting here thinking um, as you're talking that you're kind of a front lines person in that when you post things, people comment on them, and oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm sure you get quite a range of interesting comments or responses to some of our either programs or exhibitions or any number of uh, of things that uh, are coming from Crystal Bridges into the community. Can you give me a couple of really interesting uh, examples of? of strange or interesting stories stories yeah um that is it's very true i the one of the things that i love the most about my job is that i'm interacting with our visitors and our guests or our followers directly i can message them on facebook i can like their photo one of the things i do every morning when i come in is go on instagram and check our location tag because not everyone always knows we have an instagram so they may not always tag the museum but they'll They'll say they were at Crystal Bridges, and I can look at that and go see their photos. And it's so exciting to see um, the different ways people have interacted with the museum. Um, some of my favorite photos are pet photos. So oh, really? on our trails, um, a lot of people bring their dogs. And um, I don't know. You know, we have we have the 12-foot-tall deer sculpture in our North Forest. And one of my favorite photos ever is someone brought their little corgi dog, and it's standing underneath the deer, and they look like best friends. And it's this huge deer and this little corgi, and um, it's really fun. And we also see a lot of engagements, a lot of life events, um, weddings, things like that. The other day, someone um, out on our south lawn near the love sculpture set up this whole trail for their partner to walk down, and it had different dates of how they met and where they went on their first date. 
and um, big life events for them. And it ended at the love sculpture and it was a proposal. And oh, it said, you know, our first date at Crystal Ridges. And it was just so cute. And these are the things that I get to see every day. And I get to share out with our team and, and see the, the impact we're having on the community. And um, one of my favorite stories ever is um, we had a woman post an Instagram photo. And um, she it was a woman in front of Rosie the Riveter. And she had her newborn baby with her. And the caption was all about how her daughter was named Rosie. And she had named her that after Rosie the Riveter. And they lived in Bentonville. And she was going to bring her to the museum all through her life and show her her namesake and the strong woman figure that was on the walls and in the museum in their backyard. And it was so moving and touching to see that, you know, we sit in these offices upstairs and you can just sit at your computer all day and and forget that there's this beautiful museum of world-class artwork right below you that's affecting the community in these beautiful ways. And so my job getting to see that every day and interact and comment is Mm -hmm such an exciting thing and I'm so grateful to have that opportunity. It's kind of uh, fun for me to sit here and listen to this because uh, part of what I do, of course, at the museum is the behind the scenes stuff where I'm actually creating some content or creating things or, you know, helping to, to um, position the art in certain ways with the curators and educators. Uh, But I don't always get that direct feedback like what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I'm loving hearing these stories. You like we do t- kind of take for granted that um, that we do work in a place where people's lives are are really enriched. Yeah, I and think we can get changed. Yeah, with any sort of job, you can get bogged down by the day to day and the the constant work you're doing, and forget the way that it's impacting all the people around you. And that's the beauty of Crystal Bridges is we can see how it's affecting the community and how it's changing lives and all the students that get to come through and the stories they're going to tell growing up. It's, it's a really incredible thing. So we shouldn't be too Pollyanna about it. We mm-hmm. get some negative feedback too, right? Yeah. So that's the nature of social media. Any public platform, there's going to be people voicing their opinion. So there's going to be some negative comments. And the the thing with that. And the the great thing about the way the community has embraced Crystal Bridges is that the positive vastly outweighs the negative. And um, there's very rarely any time we have to go on and defend the museum ourselves or defend the artwork that's being shown because the community comes in and, and has a debate or has a conversation. And on the other hand, that's what we're here for, I think, as an institution. That's our duty is to spark these conversations and spark this dialogue and these debates. And so... You know, if someone disagrees with an artwork or doesn't understand it or says it's not for them, we're not going to delete a negative comment because we want that conversation. We want someone to come in and say, well, I see what you're saying, but here's why this this artwork means something to me. And um, a great example of this is the Felix Gonzalez Torres Untitled LA, the candy spread. Yes, the famous candy spill. Yes, the famous candy spread. At first, you know, people didn't fully understand and there was a lot of negative negativity when we first announced that piece. And um, as soon as we started telling the story of what it means and what, what the artist was thinking behind it, and as soon as people started commenting about how it it affected them when they first saw it and when they actually saw it in person and those debates were happening, then everyone's, you know, the, all the negative, a lot of the negative opinions changed into, oh, I didn't realize that that's what this means. And that's the story behind this. And that's what we're here to do. And the fact that social media can foster that conversation is such an important thing. 
Yeah, that's a really great example. And, and uh, we continue to have those because part of the role of art in society is to to question, to challenge, mm-hmm. to uplift, um, to hold a mirror up to society writ large. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's certainly something that we try to do. We honor that position, certainly. Um, and it's also written into our mission that we welcome all. Um, and that's uh, it's actually can be a very challenging thing at times. Um, so what do you think have been some of the most successful uh, social media campaigns or projects that you've worked on? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, one of my favorite campaigns, and, and I think I mentioned before, we like to position the museum as your museum. So when we're talking, we say, you know, share your museum with the community or, or come visit your museum and see what's happening here. And when we had our Chihuly exhibition, um, we had this incredible opportunity to acquire an artwork and we were tasked with the challenge of having the community pick which artwork we were going to acquire. And it falls right in line with our mission of welcoming all and being accessible to all and having the community have a voice. And so we thought, what's the best way we can do this? How can we reach everyone? And social media was um, the perfect avenue for this. And so we created a campaign and we had a hashtag and it was Choose Your Chifuli. And so we had people vote for their favorite artwork. We had staff members who were advocates for different artwork. You were one um, <laughs> for the chandelier. The chandelier, yeah. which, by the way, I will say is the one that's still there. Yes, it is. And it's beautiful. And I, <laughs> we, we all love that one. Um, and so we got to really have our guests have a say. And they were tagging friends and telling people when they liked the photo, it counted as a vote. And so um, they were you know, tagging their friends and saying, like this photo, we want this artwork. And um, that's not something you see very often that a museum allows the community to pick an artwork that's going to be in their collection or have a say in that. And that's really telling of what our institution is as a whole and what Crystal Bridges is, is trying to do is welcome all and have all these voices. And I think it's incredible that we can really show people how they do have a say in art, how art is imitating life and art is in everything that we do. And so maybe someone thinks that museum or a museum in general is not for me, but then they get to really have a say in what artwork is, is staying or just they could think, you know, it means something to them. They could think it's just pretty. They could think it was just something that they could hate it. Yeah, they could hate it. They could. And that's a valid, <laughs> and a valid opinion, too. And and they have the chance to have these opinions and to voice these opinions on our channels. And that's what we want our channels to be is a place for the community to say what they're feeling and say what they think and see how they can have a say in the art world that at times has seemed so inaccessible to so many people. Right. It's a great it's a great mission and we we love it. We embrace it. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about what you do with um say our special exhibitions. And I want to talk in particular about the one that's coming up that opens in February, in February 9th called Men of Steel, Women of Wonder. This is an exhibition um of course I'm personally working on, but uh it deals with um how the um artists from the so-called fine arts world, if you will, the art world writ large uses the characters of Superman and Wonder Woman um, to make uh, statements, commentary, or think about um, uh, our cultural moment or uh, social justice issues or other kinds of things pertinent to American identity, I guess you could say. So uh, one of the things we realized was that um, since we're actually sort of dabbling in both the art world and the pop culture realm, the comic book world in a way, 
um, that we had this really interesting opportunity to perhaps do some new things. And so we came to you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we came to you because we thought social media would be a really great um, tool, or I should say a toolbox, since there are many mm -hmm. ways to think about it, for reaching different audiences in different ways. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about some of those ideas. Yeah. So this type of exhibition is, from a social media standpoint, really exciting for me because I know that this is a pop culture phenomenon right now and it always has been everyone has an idea of who superman is to them or what wonder woman means to them and so being able to reach people at a point where they already they already have an idea and they already it's they're familiar with this concept um, especially for social media and especially considering all the movies that are out now and and the way it's infused in our culture of the superhero and um all these ideas and it's exciting to take that into social media and find the the art connections there and the way that we're doing with the exhibition. So um, part of my job is to to sit and think, how can we reach people where they are, and how can we um, bring them into the museum and show them that there's things there's something for them here. And so with Men of Steel and Women of Wonder, you know, we're talking about how can we um, engage people who maybe are comic book artists themselves or have their own sort of um, drawings of Superman or Wonder Woman. So we're talking about having... Yeah, the comic nerds, as yeah, I say, because yes. I am one. And, and, yeah, <laughs> and so um, we're talking about having like a fan art gallery on our Tumblr page. So that's um, something, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. a channel we use sometimes. And so um, people will be able to draw their own comic book strip and upload it there, and it'll be on our Tumblr page. Um, we're talking about having a social media interactive where people could... You know, maybe we ask the question of how would Superman or Wonder Woman respond to what is happening today? And they could draw their own comic and then we could have our guests vote or our followers vote on what their favorite strip, comic strip of the week was. And we can share that out. And um, can we get people to dress up as Superman and Wonder yeah, Woman and come through the galleries exactly. and take photos and hashtag? And can we have some sort of cosplay is what we call yeah, that cosplay, in the industry. Yeah, or Comic Con coming to Crystal Bridges. <laughs> exactly. and so how can we have... Um, you know, like a Snapchat filter or an Instagram filter. And um, these are all ways to engage people and to show them that um, the art or the, the entertainment that you're experiencing in everyday life or the movie you're going to see is also being addressed in the art world. And it's all um, it's all about perspective and how people are seeing things in different ways. And if we can get these people who, who have an, an idea in their mind already of Superman and Wonder Woman and then come see what other people are thinking about it and maybe come away with a new perspective and um, a photo that you can post on Instagram <laughs> of the exhibition and something new you've seen. So so I guess probably as a, a parting question for you, I should say, what are the main hashtags? What are hashtags? That you That's all a, use. Yeah, great question. So um, the one you're probably most aware of is just hashtag Crystal Bridges. So anytime you want to come share a photo or um, – tweet or anything like that if hashtag crystal bridges is one we're always watching and then we have a lot of um cb hashtags so that's kind of our shortened um acronym for for the museum and so we have cb architecture which are ones of the building we have cb trails which are when people are out on our trails and grounds cb 11 is our restaurant um we have so much going on art architecture nature and so um lots of different hashtags for that and they're all on our pages that you can follow along with well, hashtag thanks, Rachel. <laughs> thanks for having me. <laughs> thanks so much for being on. It's so fun to have you uh, um, on this side of the booth. Yeah, it's been really fun. 
Art for a New Understanding, Native Voices, 1950s to Now, is now on view at Crystal Bridges. Discover new stories as today's indigenous artists fill the gallery with exquisite colors, images of community and joy, and thought-provoking moments of reflection. The exhibition features over 80 artworks from the 1950s to today, including paintings, photography, video, sculptures, performance art, and more, all created by indigenous U.S. and Canadian artists. There is no fee to visit the exhibition. Admission is sponsored by the Christie and John Mack Foundation. Tickets available now. Thanks for tuning in to Museum Way. We hope you enjoyed the episode and tune in each month to hear more. Head over to our social media channels and leave a question or comment about what you'd like to hear on future episodes. I'm Stace Treat, and I'll catch you next month right here on Museum Way.